the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. All righty. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Trying to get your retirement. Hey, these are good times. And God, I just hate to say this out loud because the internal filter should be on. 9-11 may have been a good thing for investors and wealth in America. When terrorism hit, when the planes went into the towers and the towers came tumbling down, our government reacted. But more importantly, our central bankers reacted. Terrorists have a wonderful ability to disrupt economies because people are afraid to go out and hang out with large groups of people. And our central bankers, the Federal Reserve, is like, we're going to march interest rates lower. We're going to stimulate the economy. We'll show the terrorists. If, if we lower interest rates enough, Rob will say, I want a second home. If we lower interest rates enough, the person who's been a renter their whole life will say, I'm going to actually go out and get a home on my own. It's kind of a strange thought to think that terrorism in 9-11 took us, our world, into a different path of low-cost money. That low-cost money in rock, scissors, paper, it, it wins every time for me. When when interest when money is that cheap, it stimulates economies, and I've done really really well in a low interest rate environment. Now, who, who hasn't? My mom. She had a big old chunk of change, earning six percent at one point in time in a CD. That's that's better than inflation. Inflation is typically between two to four. And then through the years, the interest rates went lower and lower, and she couldn't get six percent. It was five percent. It wasn't five percent. It was four percent. It wasn't four percent. It was three percent. It was three percent. Two 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 to one. So you can kind of see how the low interest rate environment's good for one person, not necessarily good for the others. It's good for the investors, not necessarily good for the savers. It's good for the mortgage market in large part because you don't really know what your interest rate is. You know how much you can afford a month. I think most people look at their paycheck and go, wow, I made $3,000 a month this month, but I only brought home 2000 I think people look at their paychecks and they're like, I can afford a home for, let's say, 2000 Let's say I, I need a little bit of money for... Shall we say entertainment? I got to have the internet. I got to have a phone. I could put half that into my, my, my rent. And if it's not rent, then it's going to be a mortgage, right? So we deal with these round numbers, and lower interest rates have helped the numbers be more manageable. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. We're going to talk good, good morning. about real estate at the big event coming up Thursday at the Doubletree retirement planning. Uh, people can sign up for the event at NewFocusFinancial.com, but... To me, one of the bigger interesting things in my life is I became a property owner in my mid-20s. And then as I hit 50, I'm like, when do I start selling this stuff? I, I, I've accumulated real estate, and I don't necessarily want to sell it yet, but some of it I'm going to have a mortgage retirement. Mortgage retirement? Aren't I supposed to be Henry Fonda and like out in the rowboat on Golden Pond? Yeah, I'm hitting that kind of plateau right now trying to figure out if I should keep a mortgage going. Should I keep real estate the way I keep real estate today going into retirement? Yeah. Now, I'm not quite near retirement. I got several, many years to go. But um, 
a lot of people are close to retirement. They're like, do I, a lot of people go, do I refinance and extend it out for another 30 years so I lower my payment or do I pay it off? That's generally what we get in on our side is what do we do with our primary mortgage? Most people own one property. Yeah. And that, so that, as a retiree, that's their primary concern. My dad, for example, he said, I'm just going to refinance my property. I don't, I'm not going to pay this off. I have the money to do it, but that's my retirement. I'm not going to use that just so I can have a free and, uh, and clear house. I'm going to keep my mortgage. So that's usually what we hear. Your dad had, I think, I'm going to give him a, a good financial IQ. Um, but I'm going to also say this. A lot of people don't. And they're like, oh, I'm going to refinance my home. And they're like, wait, wait, the bank needs to know that I earned income other than Social Security. Like, you don't get a free refinance whenever you want it. You kind of have to have the ability to pay it back. Um, and if you don't have a good financial IQ, well, you, well, that's, you, you put yourself in the, you put baby in the corner. Well, that, that's also another uh, factor. Uh, a lot of people that go into retirement are making a lot less than they did when they were working. Will they qualify later on? They say they don't make the right decision going to retirement. They retire. They're no longer working. They may be getting a pension, maybe getting social security, maybe getting, you know, IRA distributions. Will they qualify for a loan later if something happens? Maybe they have some medical issues. So a lot of people don't know what's going to happen in retirement and they don't extend their mortgage out when they could have when they were working. So again, it gets kind of tricky when you get retired towards retirement. Um, again, that's something that we, we run into more often than we do the multiple property scenarios. That's why you probably want to have a plan before you retire of what am I going to do with these mortgages? And since mortgages are big financial products, you kind of want that plan five years before you retire. Maybe 10 of you are like a good planner, but like, I'm still, I'm still coming to terms with that. And if I, if a 92 year old were to come into your office and ask for a mortgage, you would probably laugh like just the sight of it. I'm uh, 92 years old. I, technically I'm not allowed to, but I, I get your point. Yeah. Um, I, I've had people who are 75 year old and say, Hey, um, I want to buy a rental property. I'm, I'm, okay. Tell me a little bit about why. And he goes, well, I want income in retirement. I want to put $400,000 down on this property. I'm like, have you talked to a financial planner of any way? I mean, does this fit your your big term, your big plan? I mean, I, I do get those kind of scenarios on occasion, but I wouldn't laugh at them. Well, I was hoping Mike would drop would do my favorite drop. You're darn tootin'. No, not that one. I'm 92 years old. I deserve a little respect. Hey, man, buddy. I'm 91 years old. Got that? I deserve a little respect from <laughs> you, my buddy. So, if a 91 year old were to come in your office, he's probably not going to get a mortgage. Is my thought. So, like, again, that's the extreme example. But again, it's we need to think about real estate in retirement because yeah. I've got two rental properties, I've got a second home and a primary home, and like, it's a lot of baggage too. And then I have some it. some land, and I'm going to inherit some land. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's six chunks of land. That's six pieces of property. That I'll be honest with you too. This is tied towards the income and retirement seminar coming up in Burlingame next Thursday. Tony will be there. I'll be there, and CFP Chad Burton will be there. But this comes up to the, like the next question of, as I get older, I don't want to deal with this stuff anymore. Right. So, um, going, so most people have one property, but when you end up going to retirement with you know, three rental properties, some land, uh, a primary residence, how do you manage all of that? So a lot of people do consolidate. They do something maybe like a 1031 exchange into a, a more manageable type of property. Uh, let's say it's a three or four unit building instead of three single family units. And it, it, in that case, it can make a lot more sense. It's easier on the taxes. It's easier on on maintenance and managing. And especially if you have a management company, you have management companies for all of the properties that you own. Yes. And it makes sense. 
because you bought at the right time, you you have the equity, you have the cash flow from the property to make that make sacrifice, that work. make the sacrifice of paying someone to do the job. Right. That I so do that's myself, the other. That I don't want to do right. That's the other angle that you can go into, but that also takes away a little bit of the income that you could be earning. So that has to factor in. Um, are you willing to pay taxes on the income that you're getting from the property? Are you have you? How long have you had the property? Have you fully well, depreciated let, it? Just, I mean, there's so yeah, many. Are things you willing to, to pay taxes? Let's not start a revolution here. <laughs> Like I, you understand, you have to pay the taxes, right? Is a, the right way of stating There's that. a relative I have that I know. did something like that. And he thought he was a patriot. And he wasn't a clockmaker, but he ended up doing time. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. So we're talking about income and retirement. Big event coming up Thursday. That's less than seven days away from now. It's going to be in Burlingame. I don't get the Burlingame much. Land of the North. But it's about retirement issues. Social Security strategies. The Starks, the Lannisters. Measuring the risk in your portfolio. Long-term care costs. Long-term cost, Long-term care costs don't scare me. I've got a younger, healthier spouse. Long-term care costs should scare her. And if I cared about her, I should say, we should do something about long-term care costs. Because there's a chance you need it. There's a much greater chance you need it than me. You can learn about all this kind of stuff and real estate and income at the big event coming up Thursday in Burlingame. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. Use the code Radio Twenty Five. Listen to the commercials for more information. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings seven to nine on AM twelve twenty KDOW. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Do you remember when there was a period in your life where you watched every movie at a movie theater, no matter what, or it felt like that? There was one that uh, I remember in the 80s called Under the Rainbow. And it was about the midgets and the dwarves from Over the Rainbow, uh, Wizard of Oz, and how collectively as a group, they were really poorly treated, and they were kind of like Hollywood freak shows. And as a nation, we kind of loved the freak show. Freak shows in America kind of have a dark past because we really shouldn't be paying money to see oddities like that. It's got a really dark past. So with that said, I'm fascinated by a dwarf or a midget or whatever the politically correct term is. It's fascinating to me when you have your like eight year old kid see a, a truly small person for the first time and he goes, mom, I'm bigger than him. Like it, the curiosities are just innate in our bodies. That is not appropriate behavior. Okay. So do you remember who the Rice brothers were the Rice brothers? He took it home and read it that night. After the next day, after we'd finished filming our second day of Ron's show, he ordered Ron's course over the next. Ron Popal. <laughs> Let's bring it back bad memories. So these two guys were on infomercials. You know, I said I used to watch every movie. Yeah, for some reason, I'd be up at 12 o'clock watching Letterman or something like that. And then after the show goes off, you fall asleep and you wake up and there's these two short people in Hawaii. Take control of your financial future. And they're talking about buying property and real estate and how they made millions and how their mama taught them all these important lessons. And these guys are real people. Greg Rice, um, real person. John Rice, one of them's dead. John, and he was like a, a bank. Uh, no, he was coming out of a banking and broke his leg. And before they went into surgery, got anesthesia and just died. 
But these were the two most famous people in real estate that I ever ran into in the 80s, right? They were the iconic image of, of real estate. So let's talk a little bit about that. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I remember them, yeah. Yeah, and they were with Hot Models. That was the best part about it. They're like a back of a boat, and he's like, "You could be as rich as us, exactly, you know, and you know, and have all the you know women in bikinis." And for the record, I think they're the shortest millionaire self. They hold the world record for the shortest living twins. That's for sure. But like something like they're the shortest millionaires ever. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny to me. Was, Keep in mind, I like dark humor, like South Park, which is a um, very they, good thing. Yeah, you know, um, they had a gimmick. Yeah. Um, regardless of their height, they, they had a gimmick. They were selling the American dream of real estate. Um, whether it was some, were they selling timeshares or were they well, selling? I think there was a lot of timeshares. Timeshares or um, condos in Hawaii or something. But they got a lot of people interested in in real estate, and it came at a time when homeownership was kind of low. And uh, you know, we we were probably in the low sixties, maybe in the fifty percent range of homeownership, and you know that shot up. Up to 2008 when we hit 69%, which was our all-time high, 69.2, I think. And we've come back down since then. Um, but it, it, it was, you know, it was that. And then Eric Estrada, he's like, oh, buy some property in Texas. And, I mean, it, it, it became a fad to, to jump in on these and, kind of real estate things. And it's one of the things I just need to caution people on. When Eric Estrada's pushing it on Cron, I know how much he pays for that commercial. Little chips. Punch. <laughs> Again, everyone on the East Coast thought this was California. Yep. California Highway Patrol. Hey, buddy. Anyhow, I'm I'm laughing. I'm I'm looking for some. I'm laughing at it at this point in time. Um, Respect my authority. When Eric Estrada's pushing that real estate in Oklahoma or real estate in Texas, what have you, he's getting paid. He's in a celebrity endorsement. My industry, financial planning, is not allowed to have celebrity endorsements, and I actually walk a very fine line with that. Am I a celebrity or am I an expert? I, I have to be very careful. Like when Ben Stein represented um, the other financial guy, um, was Ben Stein an economist or was he the guy from Bueller, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? But when you have twins that, like, say, you Bueller. Can- you could be the American dream and have hot, beautiful models like us and live on this. We bought this yacht in cash. Um, you got to be careful with the celebrity endorsements because that 30 minute commercial on Cron's $3,000 and they got to make their money back. And the way they do that is someone goes, John Poncharella and Eric Estrada. He was awesome. I want to go live where he lives, but you're not going to be careful with celebrity endorsers. And, and that, that's playing into the whole culture right now with TV. Oh, it certainly is. And flipping flops and, and, and flops. In, in fact, the, um, like Zillow right now, they, they just, I don't know if you watched their stock yesterday just skyrocket because they're doing great with they're actually buying properties and flipping them. Um, it's it's everywhere now. It's on your phone. It's on TV. It's on the internet. Everywhere you go, there's flip you know people doing something in real estate. Um, you know, but going going to kind of tying this into you know owning real estate for long term, and that's yeah. really what it is. Is the real estate is for most people is a long term adventure. Uh, and, and you can treat it as an adventure, or you can treat it as a business, which most... You or know, you can treat is, it as a pain in the ass. Or, you know, it depends on how much work... We have some investors that literally just... Renters spend, that put feces on your wall. 
Well, you know, again, it dep- it's all about Ow. risk and reward. How much risk do you want to put into it? What's your risk level? When we first started teaching about real estate and, and re- investing in real estate, we, we talk about your risk level. That's usually the first thing we start with. How much money do you want to spend? How much money are you willing to lose if it goes sideways or backwards? Um, what kind of returns are you looking for? Are your returns, you know, your cash in- investment, is it better return somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, so we start looking at risk and unfortunately we going back to, you know, the, the infomercials, they don't tell you about the risk. They just tell you about the upside. Well, there's, you can see the risk if you've got binoculars and you can see the fine print because it is disclosed there, but sometimes it's not disclosed or it's, it's very hazily disclosed, but I would be very cautious. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Whether that's gold, whether it's investment returns on real estate, whether it's, you know, a software program that's going to triple the market. You know, I seem to recall a one of those um, kind of traveling seminars, real estate seminars, where uh, the company got sued because they promised certain you know investing returns and they didn't pan out. Stock academies, all those things, yeah. kind of creep me out because they're hiding behind legit terms. They're hiding their business behind legit terms. Big seminar coming up about income and retirement. You can sign up for it. It's in Burlingame. It's at the Doubletree, Thursday, 6.30 to 8.30. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So, I'm easily marketed to. I was just thinking about that during the commercials. I'm like, my, probably when I was like, one of the very first investment lessons I was ever exposed to was an infomercial with the, the, the Rice brothers talking about real estate. And because they were short of stature, either midgets or dwarfs or whatever it is, it, it fascinated, it hooked me. So I was starting to think about, let's go back in history. What else am I fascinated with? Do you remember the show Dr. Shrinker? It was Billy Barty who, when you study him, he had a bad life. And just because he was a dwarf, he was like the most super powerful acting dwarf of his time. But ABC had a show called Croft Super Show. And Dr. Shrinker, these people got stuck on the island. The mad scientist would shrink them down and like suddenly like spiders were like the sizes of monsters compared to them. I was fascinated by this stuff as a kid. Some kids like Star Wars. Some kids like Star Trek. I like the Croft Superstars. I liked... Oh, it's so embarrassing. Space 1999. I'm the only person who comes down to that camp. I'm the guy who, who the, the, the dealer loves because no one bets on Space 1999 and when it, can, when it turns up in roulette, everyone loses. Is this the music from Space 1999? Captain, Captain Conan? Walter... He ends up winning an Academy Award. Landau? Yeah, Martin Landau. Yeah. Walter Landau. Martin, Landau. Martin Landau. Anyway. Wasn't it the moon, the Earth exploded and the moon was sent out into deep space or something like that? With, I it, with a big base on the moon? I couldn't possibly remember that detail. Yeah. Other than there was a hot sidekick, probably a Barbara... And then there's a woman who could turn into different animals in space because somehow you needed like a, a, a leopard in space. And as a kid, it fascinated me. 
Like, I was like, who would I rather be with, the good-looking blonde doctor or the woman from a different planet who could turn into different animals? But I was easily marketed to, because all of this is in my brain. And wait till I get Alzheimer's disease, and I, I start dropping that on the, the nurse who's cleaning me. <laughs> I was like, Dr. Shrinker's going to get you. <laughs> She's going to be like, what? The spiders are really big. So income and retirement, we're talking a little bit about that. And this is actually a really serious topic because you work from age 20 to 60. And you may think a lot about yourself. I'm the best Raiders fan or I'm the guy who can fix the communication equipment that puts us in touch with space people. Okay. But income and retirement is going to be really, really important because you work from 20 to 60 and your your abilities aren't, aren't that you're so smart. It's that you're young and you do have that job that chance to go to college and get a good education. People who go to college get paid a lot more in their career from 20 to 60 than people with high school education. I don't know. That's always going to be true. And it certainly skews with certain majors and degrees for sure. But your ability to earn from 20 to 60 is the most valuable thing you have. I was once married to a woman who last yes, less than a year and her best ability wasn't to earn income. It was to find men who earned income. So her shelf life wasn't even going to be 20 to 60. It was probably going to be like 20 to 45, and then men start looking elsewhere. This week, I saw the most amazing story on Keanu Reeves. I love Keanu Reeves. He's like the celebrity that just, he won't go away, and he's, he's lovable now. At one point in time, we just thought he was a bad actor, but no, he's lovable. But um, there's a story this week that he's 53, and he's dating a 46-year-old woman. And people are applauding it as age-appropriate. So we're now in the point where applauding age-appropriate Versus being disgusted with a 70-year-old guy who's having his second, third kid, Alec Baldwin. I saw, yeah, I saw that. Um, with someone who's 40 years younger than him. So I love Keanu Reeves. I don't know why I said that, other than it's age-appropriate and we're all aging towards retirement. I'm not sure why you said it either. Sweet. I might be on drugs. Really? <laughs> so your ability to earn income from age 20 to 60 is super important. And then when you hit 60, you got to start thinking about taxes. Because you don't have time to mess up anymore. you got to start thinking about your portfolio. Because now you're going to be draining it instead of inflating it. Hopefully there's part of it that still inflates. And you're draining the part that is income-oriented. you got to look at good products, bad products. you got to look at the risk in your portfolio. Um, I'm at an all-time high. But if I was retiring, oh, let's say in 2008, and it's an all-time high, I wasn't expecting 2008. Like, I wasn't expecting that run of three years of being bad. And it was tough. So anyway, big event coming up Thursday in Burlingame. You can sign up for the event at the Doubletree at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code radio25 to get in for free. It's one less than a week from today. It's Tony Mendez, Barry Lonsworth. One of the things I talked to you a little bit about briefly, and I hit it really quickly, was I don't know how much how I'm going to be at, at managing my real estate in retirement. Um, and that's something I'm going to want to scale back on because as I get older, I still don't use reading glasses, but I'm going to have to use reading glasses to read the insurance company's claims. Did I get it denied or did I get pro? Like, I don't want to deal with stuff as I get older. Well, fortunately, it's pretty easy to make the change. If, for example, you you have the um, energy and time to manage your properties, you know, leading up to that 
period of time in your life where you don't want to do it, you can easily just you know pick up a phone and you lose money by picking uh, uh, using a management company. But a lot of people do that, um, or you can spend your energy. But as I get to, older, it's it's about spending the energy. It is, what I'm at. Um, it's, and it's not just that; it's time. You're going to have you know you'll have kids, maybe grandkids, and you want to travel the United States. You don't want to mess with doing. Do you remember you know, in your twenties? You like you like monthly move from bills. apartment to apartment. Yeah, and there was always this thing like, oh, I got to go find a new apartment. And it's all this, and or when it's maybe we were selling a home, it's like you spend like the last hundred days cleaning up. I don't want to do that. Like I have a rental property in North Carolina, I dread selling it. Like I almost want to keep it till I die. I die. Let someone else sell it because I don't want to go through that process of getting an attorney in North Carolina. Okay, Rob, I'm going to send you to my attorney, John John Call, and John Call talks like this. He goes, my great granddaddy was a general civil ball. I'm not sure it's quite like that. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to deal with him anymore. I did meet your realtor. It was kind of like that. He's he's like, you guys want weed? I'm like, no, dude. We're from California. We're fine. (laughs) We don't need it. Oh, yeah. It's in our blood. Something something like that. Yeah. But um, I don't want to deal with it when I get older. But yet, some of the best real estate stories are people who my granddaddy bought this apartment building in San Francisco for $2. Well, you you know, you work your, your, you know, your 20 to 60, right? You talk about your, your earning years and you build a portfolio. It could be all 401k. It could be a 401k with some real estate. It could be all real estate. My brother, for example, is all real estate. He has zero savings, zero retirement. It's all in real estate. So he, he's going to have to go into retirement managing these properties, but he's used to it. Now, is he going to get to a point where he has enough cash flow where he can hand it over to a management company? He might. It all depends on your situation, but uh, that part of the scenario, um, I think you really do start, need to start thinking about that leading you know, 10 years early, almost I'm probably, I'm a little farther off than 10 years from retirement. In my opinion, I think you're going to work till the day you die. You do. Yeah. Why? Um, I just, I think you're kind of loose as far as what your goals are. I don't think you really have a million dollars set in your head or 2 million. We're going to get in this topic a little bit later. Okay. I, I will pick your brain on that. Yeah. I mean, it's not disappointing to hear. I mean, I, I I'm not going to be perfect. You but I think that's the point the about the, the real estate is you don't have to be perfect, but it's when it does come time to go into retirement, you want to make that transition pretty easily. Trevor, he, Trevor Noah has a great conversation. I love him as a comedian because he's very precise with his words. And he says, America is the only country in the world where you never know how much money you need. And he's like, you go to South Africa, and you're like... You're the king of South Africa if you've got $10,000. Like, you can do anything you want till the day you die. You can be governor of South Africa or Botswana. But he goes, in America, you don't know. Like, you may need a bigger house. Your house may burn down, and you may need two houses, as he would say. And I think that's one of the confusing things about real estate in retirement is we don't really know how to wind it down. We know how to accumulate it. And, like, your brother, your brother is not a smart man. He's a good man. But he's, he's a not, good man, hard worker, but he's made some... He's not a Harvard-educated business person. Yeah. He's probably hasn't read a, a nonfiction book. He had one bad stock pick, and it, you know, that was it. That was the end of, I'm never investing in stocks yeah. again. So he had some bad lessons early on in life. Um, but his, his real estate strategy is very simple until it's not. Correct. I buy one real estate, I buy a beach house in the same town. A couple of years from now, I'm going to buy another beach house in that same town. Yeah, but... but He's one going, hurricane away from having no beach houses. Going to the point of, of having that real estate going to retirement, is it going to be cash flowing the way you want it to once you do hit retirement? And that comes down to the timing of when you buy, and are you going to keep a 30... I mean, if you buy a property at 
40 and you get a 30 year fixed, your payment does not change for 30 years. Yeah. And let's say your rents go up 2%, 3% every year, but you're cash flowing $200 now, $300, you know, the next year and so on. Um, that's not a lot of money. You need that free and clear house to prevent, you know, give you, you know, two or $3,000 a month. But you'll be 70 by then. Does that fit your plan? So I think a lot of, but the advantages, we, we've been talking a lot of the cons. The advantages of the real estate is that you can leverage. It is, you know, one of the few assets that you can have where you can leverage and you can buy more real estate or you can do 1031 exchange where you can tax defer, um, you know, the, the, that, equity to another property that's easier to manage or closer to where you want to retire so you can maximize your return. So um, my my whole, you know, uh, take from this segment is start early. Let me quote Arnold Schwarzenegger. Shut up! <laughs> uh, we got a big seminar coming up, 630 to 8.30, Income and Tax Planning Seminar. You can meet CFP Chad Burton. You can meet Tony Mendez, who's my mortgage guy. We did a loan two months ago. Thankfully, we did because rates have shot up since then. But you can learn more about income and retirement, taxes, and proper products and Social Security strategies. Don't take it early if you don't have enough. That's a simple way of thinking about it. Big event Thursday evening, 6.30 to 8.30 in Burlingame. Sign up at robloxshow.com. It's main justice, all right now. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. We're talking about income and retirement because next week is the big income and retirement and wealth preservation planning seminar in Burlingame. Sweet. Last event of the year. These events are easily an area where you're going to get one or two nuggets. If you've been to two or three of these events, you've probably gotten the nuggets already. So you probably don't need to keep coming if you've been more than three times. But, you know, every three or four years, it makes sense to get a little bit of a refresher. Um, I think income in retirement is super important. If I had my druthers, and we've been talking a lot about convenience this hour in real estate and retirement, and I'm not going to have all my mortgages paid off, so I need to make it convenient and have it automatically paid off or automatically paid every month from a source that can fund that without running out of money. I like automating stuff. One of the reasons I like investing in publicly traded REITs is because it's automated. You're basically saying, I want to buy a New York office property. But not only that, you're getting Marge. Marge is the office manager of that New York office property, and she's mean. And you don't even have to meet her because you're buying a publicly traded REIT. She, she, she keeps those tenants clean. She keeps them good. Nothing gets by Marge. So I'd rather own, I'd rather automate it. And if that REIT can give me 2 3 4%, you own some REITs. What, what, what income yields are you looking for? What income yields do you typically get from your REITs that you own, Tony? Uh, the REITs I have right now are looking like a 10 and a half to 11 yields. Yeah. So they're leveraged REITs. No, so, no, no. I mean, those are the, the dividends. Right. Yeah. So they're a little bit high, but, um, so your equity is at risk because REITs, there's kind of an interesting thing with them. Public trade. So you get to buy real estate, you get to own it a hundred shares. You own it. You don't own the 30 year mortgage, you know, yeah. so, which I love. So you may own one, one millionth of an office property. In New York, but you own it, which I think is great. Um, but there's mortgage REITs where you're basically buying the mortgages. Those are the ones I own. And then there's property REITs where you're buying the property. Right. And uh, the cash flow services, the mortgages and such like that. But profits go back to you. That's To me, that's no hassle. It's an easy way to get into real estate. Um, you know, if you have five grand, yeah. it's not going to buy you a house. It's not, it's not nearly enough down payment. And you go get some, like a REIT. 
Yeah. Oh, perfect. That's why I did it. So I started early. My tenant in Raleigh gives me real estate exposure, which I love, but it also gives me that you have to collect rent every month exposure, which I don't love. So anyway, what I'm trying to get at is at some point in time, I'm going to flip that real estate. If my kids don't go to Duke, UNC or NC State, and I don't necessarily want them to, but if they don't go, probably around that time, I'm going to convert it into a REIT. Um, I'm going to sell it and I'm going to put that money into a commercial publicly traded stock um, because I don't want that house. Um, and you talk about real estate in retirement. Yeah. Uh, one of the we, we've talked earlier about the risk level that you want to take uh, risk level one. You buy a, your own primary residence and then you go to two or three or four. One of those other risk levels or strategies is to own real estate. And let's say you have one in North Carolina and that's not where your son goes. And he ends up going to Phoenix, for example. Sure. Um, ASU. And you end up. I want to mind that. You know, a 1031 exchange into a property where he can go and maybe live there in that property. That's one of the strategies. And then he learns a life lesson about real estate. And then you can transfer the property in his name. And now it's no longer a, a, a liability to you or a hassle uh, in real estate. So that's another way to build real estate. And then. Um, you know, in your portfolio, but going into, into uh, retirement with a lot of real estate, you're right. You're looking for convenience. You're looking for automated payments, automated management. Um, you're not going to automate your taxes, but if you get the, you know, an H, uh, H, a management company, they'll send you all of the documents. You give that to your CPA. So there's a lot of ways to make it easy going into retirement yeah. and owning real estate. But I do like the strategy of consolidating because you, you spend all that time, you know, 20, 30 years of building a real estate portfolio, yeah. and then you then you consolidate at the end what's going to maximize your rate of return and your and make it easy for you using maybe a financial planner. I, I'm seeing a lot more people that have real estate in retirement going towards financial planners to find. And I think that's a little bit of what we're, you're going to talk about at the seminar. Yes. Thursday evening in Burlingame, you can meet Tony, myself, Chad Burton. And a team of certified financial planners to bring your questions. <clears throat> One of the areas I, I, you know, we continue to come back to is I, I don't know what retirement's going to look like for me. And that's one of the reasons why I'm saying I don't want to be a property management and retire when I retire. I might have a stroke and be in a wheelchair. And then I don't want to be that, that landlord who's showing up at the property wheelchair and my tenants hate me. I'm like, you tenants, you kids, I'm not going to paint that wall. You. Like pointing, I don't want pointing to at things with your cane. Exactly. Yeah. Pointing at things with my cane. Let the letters come from the people who have cane society who don't say we don't point. We just we just wag our canes at people. We don't point at people. Jeez, I'm going crazy out there at the lake. <laughs> so income and retirement. This is important for me, uh, but it's not going to be important for everyone. And one of the things that we were talking about this hour is like beware if it's an infomercial. If it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. So if it's a celebrity endorsement, that celebrity is probably a washed-up celebrity, right? Eric Estrada wasn't doing celebrity endorsements when he was on chips. He wasn't doing that when he was the king of Hollywood. I know you're saying he was the king of Hollywood. He was on Love Boat with Tony Danza. Anyone on Love Boat with Tony Danza has to be all that in a bucket of chicken. And I think he even made it onto Fantasy Island. Love. Probably. I think there was a thing. If you worked with Love Boat, you automatically got to be on Fantasy Island. You know the, the fantasy islands that I liked were the dark ones. There were some fantasies like, I want to be the richest man in the world. That, that one didn't deal with me. It was when you were the richest man in the world that you wore black because you were Lucifer. And Ricardo Montalban would show up. Another show with a small person. This hour has been I got dedicated. that right away. I was, I was going to let you break the ice on that one. 
Billy Barty, Dr. Shrinker? Mm. Tattoo? The Pain, The Pain. Dinner with Hervé, really interesting movie that came out a couple years ago. It's on Netflix, I believe. And it's about a journalist who, he was basically was washed up and he got to do dinner with Hervé Villas as his last interview. Oh. And it's crazy. But he also pushed real estate late in life. That's the perfect tie. I saw him push real estate. Hey, everybody, you can eat from Tattoo from La Plain, La Plain. La Real Estate, La Real Estate. Um, you can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up in Berlin game. It's one week from today. It's less than a week from today. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does my mortgages. You can find me at RobBlackShow.com. Listen to the commercials for the seminar.